0: Hey everyone, welcome to Resilience Unraveled. This podcast is a result of my fascination with subjects like resilience, accountability, burnout, life fulfillment, and other life and work based performance issues, as well as many of the other obsessions I bump into in my life. I spend my time working with highly successful teams, people, and organizations, and this podcast introduces their remarkable stories and expertise as well as my own synthesis of the key issues strategies tips tools and resources to thrive in life if you find this podcast useful why not go over to our site qedod.com if you'd like some resources on how to manage beat burnout head to qedod.com forward slash burnout 2019 for some goodies stay tuned to the end to find out details of how to order a free ebook enjoy the podcast So today I'm continuing with my conversation with um, Mary Shores. And um, last time we talked about Mary's career and the fact that she has worked in debt collection and she developed quite an interesting um, series of ideas about um, thinking about financial services and debt and fear and chemicals and all sorts of interesting things. And unlike a lot of the people I talk to who are often coaches who are really talking about um, something Um, which they apply their trade on. Actually, Mary's still a business person and she's running a business and she's also writing books and she's also training. So she's a sort of a one-woman, well, dynamo, I suppose, is the best word to use. And I've downloaded this book and I've had a quick look at it and I really do believe that this book has something special about it and um, I thought we'd like to unpick it a little bit today. So hi again, Mary. Hi again, Russell. Hey. Right. So I know where you are this time. So don't need to do the weather report and where you are in the world. So that's great. So you've so you've written a book. Well done. So you're um you've done what a lot of people would like to do but never get round to, which is actually do it. But then you've done something else, which is you've created something that's actually good, and uh, <laughs> and that's quite rare in itself. So so talk to me first of all about the the idea for the book. where where did you start? You know, where does it start in zeitgeist for you? Thinking this should be a book.
1: It was. It was uh, such a wild story. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll actually tell you the story of what happened if you're interested, because it was it. it was quite wild. So I had been going on about the collections business, and I had been doing communications training, and I really wanted to write a book about it. And I got an opportunity to submit a proposal for Hay House Publishing. And it was, I love Hay House. In fact, I often consider myself Louise Hay, Louise Hay protege, because I just feel like she has been a life-changing force on our planet and in her lifetime. And I adore her and I adore her authors and I wanted to be one of them. And as a matter of fact, when I very first discovered Louise Hay, I was actually in my bathtub. I was taking a bubble bath and I'm quite addicted to YouTube. So often I watch YouTube videos in the bathtub. Now don't judge because
0: I know lots of people do this um, anyway
1: I... do, you know, do, you how I,
0: do you notice how I said nothing there <laughs> on the basis that anything I would have said would have been wrong so <laughs> let's go back to the bubble bath carry on
1: Back to the bathtub. So I, um, you know, YouTube is very intuitive, suggesting videos that you might like. And here come up the video, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And within the first few moments of that video, I just had a rainforest of tears. You know, you said you were, it was thrashing rain. I, it was thrashing uh, tears. in I was literally crying from every orifice of my body. I, I don't know even to this day what came over me, but it was this powerful feeling. And I stayed in that bathtub till the water went ice cold, watched that entire 90 minute documentary. When it was over, I jumped out with such enthusiasm and force and I just started screaming, Louise Hay is going to publish my book. Now back in that time, this was probably like 2008 or nine. I didn't even know what I was going to write a book about. I just, I just knew that I was going to. And You know, eventually I became to realize that that Hay House was not going to be keen on publishing a book from a debt collector about communications. So I knew that there had been a broader perspective to my work and I had known it for a very long time because people that were attending my workshops were coming to me and saying, you know, this has not just changed my business. This has changed my life. And so the results were already there. They had been there all along. And I um, went on a meditation retreat at this crazy place called Monroe Institute in, uh, in Virginia. And I went on this meditation retreat, and I met this person who turns out we have the same birthday. And we got along like hotcakes, and he said, Oh, I want you to come and speak at this, this event I'm doing called Willpower Weekend. My friend's name is Will Harris. And I said, all right, I'll do that. And he goes, but you can't come to this place and talk about communications, because this is a spiritual retreat. You have to talk about something else, like how to see Jesus in your toast or something. And I was like, okay. So, you know, I felt like here the universe put me in a position where I was given the opportunity to change around all of my information. So I crossed off the title, which at that time was Words That Work, and I wrote Law of Attraction, Nice. And it was just all the exact same stuff, and I went to the retreat, and I presented my stuff, and everyone loved it, and I recorded it, and I used that recording to create my book proposal, Conscious Communications, your step-by-step guide to harnessing the power of your words to change your mind, your choices, in your life. Hay House loved it, and published the book. That's the story.
0: Very good. That's a good story. And I'm, res- I'm, I'm resisting the urge to say, um, did you get a lot of bread for the picture <laughs> of Jesus on the toast? But I thought no, I shouldn't. no bread or toast. <laughs> right. OK, so you've written this book. So, but, but why? why what, what was the motivation for, re- for writing it?
1: You know, 81% of people say they want to write a book. And I have to tell you that for 10 years, I wanted to write a book. And it was almost like I mean, and this is such a lesson from the book, because I would go around and I would say to anyone who would listen to me, I want to write a book, but I'm not a writer. And words are so fascinating to me because words are a mirror to our subconscious mind. So when you hear me say those words, I want to write a book, it's like you can see it written on my soul that I have come into this life with this purpose to write this book and get this message out there. But I have a really big problem when the next words out of my mouth are, but I'm not a writer. Because, see, those words are also revealing in my subconscious mind that somewhere there is a belief that I am actually not capable of writing a book. And so it doesn't matter if it's about writing a book, starting a business, losing weight, meeting the person of your dreams, moving across the country, getting a different job. We are literally controlled by the way that we think, by the way we feel, by the way we believe and by the way we speak.
0: So you're saying that words are the the manifest manifestation of the belief or do you think that words actually set and reinforce the belief?
1: I believe it's both. I believe that it's a feedback wheel that what happened with me was, you know, and this was could happen with anyone is if in order to go anywhere from that 10 year repeating skip of I want to write a book, but I'm not a writer, I needed to just take one step in a new direction. And I did that by signing up in 2014 for my very first writers workshop. And when I went to that writers workshop, I did not know what I was doing there. I could not have felt more out of place. And by the end of that week, I ended up writing a short story. It was about my daughter who passed away in 1992. It was about my son who's on the autism spectrum. And I paralleled his life and development with with my growing business. And when I read that story out loud, no one came up to me and told me I wasn't a writer. In fact, people came up to me in tears. They were so moved that I realized that I am healing people with my story, with my presence, and with my words. And it was only that one moment that it took to then begin to change the way I felt about writing. And that changed in feeling changed the way that I thought. The thought changed the words. The words changed the actions. And the actions changed the
0: outcome. Yeah. And, you know, you're describing the classic the classic um, can-do feedback loop, aren't you? You know, if you believe yes. it, you can do it. But, of course, then you're, you're thinking, but you're not just thinking, I can be a writer, because actually you are evidencing it, because you have done it as well. Because you have to take action in this life. Because there are a lot of people who say, um, I'd like to write a book, and I know I can do it, and I want to do it. But then they do something else instead.
1: That's so true, and and you can have all the motivation in the world, but again, just taking that step in in the direction of where you want to go is the thing that changes everything. there's There's a concept in my book called cleanse or clog, and it's one of my very favorite ones, and it simply just means that everything you say, everything you do, every choice you make, every action you take in the thinnest sliced moments of life is either working to create a deeper connection to what you want, or it's driving a disconnection. It doesn't have to be simple. It's that our choices every day are either cleansing us or clogging us. And so if we look at that, you know, for people, you know, the show's about resilience, and I love that, because it makes me think about how many bad relationships I've been in. It makes me think about times that I've been abused in my life, and I realized that I was making a choice to be there. Yeah. Now, now maybe I didn't feel very empowered to get out, but it was still my choice. That's right.
0: And you can only make choices given the skills, tools and, and you know, capabilities you have at that time. And, and, it's, and that's part of accountability is knowing that, that sometimes you can't be more than that at the time. But actually then it's about learning from it, isn't it? And then that's how you bounce back.
1: I do believe that we're all doing the best we can, but if we stop and think, then we realize in every moment we have a choice to make. And so that's why I call it cleanse or clog, because in order to use that system, all you simply have to do is ask myself, if I send this text message right now, is it going to cleanse my relationship or clog it? You know, if it's... I eat this Snickers bar, is it going to cleanse my nutrition or clog it?
0: And sometimes it's okay to clog
1: that's right well, I I... <laughs>
0: because it's your choice isn't it and that's the point isn't it it's about I was on a podcast as a guest myself recently and they said to me what's the one thing that you want to leave our listeners thinking and I said, it's all about choice it's everything you do is your choice and i'm I believe that so passionately and i I like that and I like the way you link this into cleansing clock but can you give me an example of how someone could who who you know what what they could do with their thoughts to unclog or to cleanse that's probably a more um Well, if you,
1: if you have clarity, Mm -hmm. if you have clarity about what you want, um, so say what you want is to lose 20 pounds and I also believe in this 80, 20 rule. So I want to preface this by saying it's not about perfection, but if I'm wanting to, uh, straighten up my fitness, then I need to pay attention to my nutrition. I need to know like everything I'm putting in my body, does it cleanse me or does it clog me? If my goal is to be in a relationship, I need to look at my choices in life and say, does this cleanse me? Does this action, does this choice get me closer to being in a relationship or further away? If in a, if I'm in a job that I don't like, then same thing, like every single day, what is one cleansing action I can take? every single day that gets me closer to where I want to be. And just making one small step. I'm not suggesting that we have to go by leaps and bounds, but what happens is if you begin to exercise that part of your subconscious brain that took that one step, maybe that one step was even a little bit out of your comfort zone, but the next day you take a step again and you take a step again, what's happening is now we're beginning to rewire our subconscious connections. So we all have a set of neural connections and synapses and all kinds of stuff that's magical going on inside of our subconscious brain. There's as many neural connections as in the subconscious as there are in in the galaxy. It's just quite fascinating. Mm -hmm. And the way that we can make a change is by... Because it is that feedback loop. So when we take that one step in a new direction like I did with the workshop, with going to the writer's workshop, see, then I repivoted my brain. I rewired myself just a little bit. And then I kept going. I went to another writer's workshop. Within seven months, I had a book deal with Hay House Publishing. But see, this works for everything. And one of the things that I love in the book, it's the last chapter, actually. It's all about creating an action plan. So even if the step that you need to do is just write out the end result you're looking for, and then I'll say, come up with six bullet points of ask yourself, what needs to be true in order to create this end result? So you write down six bullet points, and then for each one of those six bullet points, you write down three action items. And at the end of the day, after the end of this particular journaling exercise, what you will have is a one-page action plan. Now, I have had a lot of successes in my life as far as my entrepreneurial journey, and I have never once in, in 21 years as a CEO, never one time have I sat down and wrote a business plan.
0: That's interesting. Tell me more.
1: So instead, I have written these one-page action plans. Excellent. I have taken, you know, this department or this idea or, or, you know, this thing that I wanted to accomplish, and I wrote an action plan. And I believe uh, there's some research that I did in the book because there's an old study that was about people who set goals versus people who don't set goals. Yes, And how the goal setters really won out over this. And so, but it wasn't just that they set a goal, it was that they set a goal and they created a plan of how to get there. And so even if your one step today is just to say to yourself, what is that one thing that I want? What is the one thing? And then you write the one thing at the top of the piece of paper, and then later on you can say, what are six things that need to be true to get that result?
0: Interesting, and and you hear these. uh, It's interesting uh, when you talk to people who are successful. They all really say the same thing, and you know they all are sort of saying that that thing about short-term actions, managing what's in front of you, you know, live each day, you know, be in the moment, all that sort of stuff. But actually, know what it is you want, and I think actually when you talk to people who are the other side of that, they're very very clear on knowing what they don't want, and so it's very hard to move away from that because you're just moving in a random direction. Where what you're doing is you're taking actions to links to specific things that you actually want. How does that work, though, for people who have low self-esteem and think to themselves, well, I have no right to want things?
1: You know, it's interesting because that's me. I mean, anyone who's feeling that way, you're not alone. And I think that sometimes when you look at someone who's successful, you only see that part of success. You don't see the in, the inner turmoil and the suffering that that person is going through. And there's many times, I mean, even still to this day, that I can get drowning in that overwhelming, um, overburdened uh, place of just like deep dark depression. Mm-hmm where where things just look so bleak and I actually wrote a process uh, it's in the book it's called five steps to break through your breakdown and much like writing an action plan there's a neurological process that's happening when we're in a place uh, I just call it the deep dark hole so the first thing is when you're in the deep dark hole you know you can't see anything because it's dark the lights are out so you need a flashlight, and the best way to get a flashlight is to write a list of everything that is bothering you. Like, let's not just pretend that we're supposed to choose to be happy all the time, because that is uh, that is that is um, not healthy. Because we need ways to process our lives when the proverbial shit
0: hits the fan. Yes. But we, and so we can we can choose to enjoy the process of getting ourselves out the deep hole, the, top, the deep hole, though, can't we?
1: But it can be so painful. Um, I think that looking back on it, there's been times that I I can look back on it and think, okay, I really see where I grew. You know, I kept up my gratitude practice. What can I be proud of for myself today? I've had a gratitude practice since 2015, um, and, and that I believe has been a lifesaver for me. I mean, when I am at the end of my rope. That gratitude practice. I'm actually starting to tear up right now because it is the one thing that probably kept me from really going over the edge. And so, when uh, you write this list of everything that's bothering you, what happens in the brain is the brain will automatically begin to create serotonin and dopamine. Yeah. Because for whatever reason, our little human brains love to make lists. And so, even if it's a bad list. You, Your brain will be rewarded with a little bit of dopamine and serotonin, which will actually, in turn, make you feel a little bit better. Now, another thing about people that are always focused on what they don't want, um, one of the things that I teach people, and this is what I do myself, is when I look at this list and I think all these things I don't want in my life, on the other side, the same thing like the do not say list. So on the left side of the paper, I've got all the things that I don't want, and even if I don't know what the what I want, I can just say, what is the opposite of this thing I don't want? Yeah. And so let's say we'll use taxes, because it's come up a couple times with you and I talking, but... Um, <laughs> You know, the this, this happened to me one time i got hit with a ninety-five thousand dollars tax bill because i had had two accountants right in a row who passed away right at tax time and it wow. was it was very difficult to recover from and so what i didn't want was chaos and uncertainty with my taxes so what's the opposite of that i wanted my taxes to be fair and easy yeah Okay, so now what I need to do is write a one-page action plan of how I'm going to create the end result I want, which is organized taxes.
0: Yeah.
1: And from there, it sounds pretty easy, right? But if I'm just stuck in the despair every single day of like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't have this money. This is not right. This isn't fair. But what happened was I wrote that action plan. I paid off the taxes. I ended up getting uh, most of the money back because in part of my action plan, I did write a letter to the government. I explained to them what my situation was. They removed $27,000 worth of penalties. And then what I was left with was a very fair tax bill, which was what I wanted.
0: And again, it's that point, isn't it, about not just taking, it's not just, it's, it's taking the action, which is so important. And I think we meet a lot of people in our worlds and my world certainly, where, you know, they, they'll sit and they'll do affirmations, and they'll do dreaming, and they'll do future pacing, and all that sort of stuff, but they don't actually take the action. And, you know, they'll rent an office, start a practice, and go out of business in two months, because you've got to do the action, haven't you? You've got to do the work.
1: I, I agree with you so, so very much. But I, I also understand that when we're in a painful place, like it takes so much courage. And I, I just want to encourage anyone in the audience. And, you know, I'm always talking to myself when I'm saying these things. It takes courage to take those actions. And it's okay to be scared. It's okay if you're uncertain. It's okay if you don't know the outcome. You know, if you get a burst of inspired action, meaning you get that little feeling in your gut that says, you know, call Bob and have a conversation with him. Well, just do that. If you get a little inspired action that says, uh, you know, go to the grocery store, just do the thing that you're inspired to do because there might be some reason you were led in that direction. You know, it was it was really a strange thing for me to do to sign up for that, that writer's workshop in 2014. But... Um, but I did, it and it was so uncomfortable. And there's been so many things in my life that have taken the the courage
0: that I never thought I was going to live through it. So, so you had this idea. You went to a writer's uh, workshop. Then you sat down. You wrote the book. I'm sure you went through many iterations. You've come up with these ideas of the call forward, cleansing clog, and other sorts of things. And. Um, um, You're obviously celebrating a great deal of success, right? Who is it for?
1: Oh, I think that's a great question. I feel like the book is for people who are like me, who are personal development junkies. I love to consume personal development. I think that it can be a book for somebody who's maybe trying to make a change in their life and they just need a tool to how to get there. I've got a lot of teenagers actually reading the book because they're using it and understanding themselves so much better. People who are on a spiritual path uh, seem to really enjoy the exercises in the book which is you know really when you gain when you gain that, that piece of authenticity in your life, um, you really start to see big things move because we're, we're hiding behind so many resiliency masks and I also think the, the book is for people who love to manifest, who love to have the, the law of attraction conversation, yeah. um, people that love to know how, how and why we're creating our reality, Well, we're creating it with the choices we're making.
0: And is that what you mean by resilience masks? Is that we well, all... I
1: think the resilience mask is when you're pretending that you're okay when on the inside you're dying.
0: Yes. Fake it. But some people say that's faking it to the naked and part of the moving forward process, of course.
1: Yes. And you know, I think that there's healthy levels of faking it till you make it. I've done it many, many times. But it, when it becomes your default, and you're doing it every day, what's happening is you're not processing your emotions, and you're you're really repressing your, your trauma. And I um, did not want to admit that about myself for, for many years. It was when I got into my 40s, I really started to go through this period of unraveling in my life, where I wanted to Purposely and consciously look at things differently, and I began to realize that a lot of my success was born out of fear, not out of empowerment. I began to really understand um, myself and understand authenticity and I'm so grateful to have to have gone through that because um, now I see my son who's just starting out that way he's like, "Mom, the most important thing to me is authenticity
0: yeah. Interesting. Authenticity. I'm sorry, I'm just wrestling with the thought because I think the number one thing is accountability. So I'm just, I'm just, mm. I'm just wondering, I'm wondering how those two things sit well together. Um, well, and I, I feel like synonyms. if you're authentic,
1: then you should also,
0: there, you know,
1: when you are authentic, then I would hope that it works along, it's very congruent with accountability because if you're not taking accountability, how are you authentic?
0: Yes, authenticity is almost the outcome from the process of accountability, that makes sense to me, yeah. Sure. So it has to be asked, what's the next book going to be about?
1: <laughs> well, I'm currently working on a business communications book, uh, The Communication Code, and after that, I really have this concept, I want to write a book called Undriven. And the, the book Undriven I'm still living it, so I don't know the outcome of it yet, but I've got some ideas. It's really going to be about um, unraveling all of the pieces in my life and going from, it's like my search for the undriven.
0: Mm, I like the idea. Thank you. Mary, it's been an absolute joy. Um, If people want to get hold of you or want to get hold of this book, how should they do that?
1: Well, I my website is MaryShores.com. That's M-A-R-Y-S-H-O-R-E-S. And if you have resonated with my story at all, I just ask you, wherever your bookseller is, whether it's Amazon or Book Depository, uh, it should be available online. And if you read the description, a handful of reviews, I believe you'll know right away whether this book is going to be a part of your life or not. And, of course, I invite you to join me on... Any social media, so Mary Shores on Instagram, Twitter. My favorite, personal favorite is LinkedIn. So if you send me a request on LinkedIn, I'm sure to accept it.
0: Brilliant. And, of course, the word uh, resonate. It's such a great auditory word there, so I like that. Thank you. <laughs> Mary's been a delight. Thank you for spending some time with us today and also and the previous podcast when you talked more about your own life. So, so anybody who's just heard this podcast would probably want to refer to the one before, which when we talk about Mary's journey as a CEO and her own personal um, saga which is actually made of the person she is today so um, hopefully people can make the link between those two but thank you so much for spending time with us Mary I really do appreciate it my pleasure you take care you take care as well thanks for listening today You can go to our site, qedod.com forward slash podcasts and subscribe to hear other titles in our series. Or you can contact us at info at qedod.com to hear and find out more about tough love, leadership, accountability, resilience and burnout. You can go to our site, qedod.com forward slash burnout2019 to hear and get access to a load of resources to help you manage and fight burnout and you can go to qedod.com forward slash free ebook to hear more about the fundamentals of resilience until the next episode keep on thriving